It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. There's not enough free market prosperity. That's one of the problems. Last 20 years plus, and there's certainly not enough right now, as I guess we're looking in the eyes of a recession. So soft landers like me, I don't know, it's not looking too good. Uh, We're going to bring in John Carney, Breitbart News Editor, Economics and Finance, co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. It's a must-read, by the way. Very, very good coverage. And my pal Joe Lavornia, who was the chief economist at the White House National Economic Council with me and is now chief economist at SMBC, Nico Securities. Two smart fellas. Uh, Guys, let's just look at this for a minute. December numbers really coming in poorly. So I'm just going through housing starts down, industrial production down, manufacturing down, retail sales down, existing home sales down. Uh, the Atlanta Fed GDP now has gone from four plus to three and a half, but I, gee whiz, I think they'd be lucky to get one. Um, we're not, we did not end the year on a good note, and I don't know if January is any better, John Carney. I'll start with you. The Philly Fed index was also down. It wasn't down as bad as the New York index, but we don't have any manufacturing in New York, so we probably should even look at <laughs> Right. I think the Philly Fed index is probably the better indicator for sort of general manufacturing conditions. It has been negative for a long time now. It stayed negative, and interestingly, the outlook is actually better. When they ask how things are going to be six months from now, people say, yeah, they're going to get better. Um, but right now, it's very depressed. And when you get, you know, sort of confirmation, like the January number for the Empire State being way down, and then you get a second negative one coming out of the Philly Fed, that's telling you that the decline is still ongoing uh, we, that we saw in December and November. So we've, we've been on a slide, right? It, it was pretty bad in November, got worse in December, and the early indications are that January is even worse. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, Joe you we're not talking politics here. We're just talking numbers, data points. And is there any uh, – well, first of all, let's see. Joe, we get uh, fourth quarter GDP preliminary this coming week, I think. Is that is that That's right? right. Yes, that's correct. What are you looking for, Joe? Something around 3%, Larry, looks reasonable. The the problem is that the uh, it depends where the growth is. If it's in net exports and it's in inventories, that's not particularly robust because what that suggests is that growth this quarter and beyond will be softer. And uh, what we've talked about before was if you look at the last six recessions, in four of those quarters, real GDP at the time the economy went into recession printed 3-3. So it'd be kind of ironic if we wind up with a three-handle on, on the fourth quarter just as a recession starts. Mm. Uh, as you know, things like capital expenditures, and we were you guys were just talking about manufacturing, which is clearly very important. But let me just reiterate or, or reinforce, housing's in a deep recession. I mean, we've had six quarters in a row where residential investment in GDP accounts has been negative. Mm. The third quarter was down almost 27%. We've got record collapse in home sales, pending home sales. Housing's already in a deep recession. Manufacturing's just entered one. 
You know, Joe, uh, well, to both Joe and John, first of all, I want to thank both of you for your great work on the TV show. I mean that. You, you guys have been fabulous. And we all appreciate it. Our whole team appreciates it, including me. But uh, just some more. Um, Joe Lavornia, the production of business equipment, which is, you know, investment, which creates real wages and productivity, Uh down 2% in December, down almost 2% in November, up slightly in October. That thing's down 12.9% annually, Joe, uh, for no, the last right. three months. So, And I just want to also add, our good friends, uh, John Riding and Conrad DiQuatros over at RDQ Economics, they're looking for about 1% in the fourth quarter. So it just came out uh, in their, you know, their weekly report last night. Um, so... Here's the thing. I want to ask this to both of you. How do we get out of this? Or looking into this is January. We, we haven't gotten a lot of numbers yet in January, but uh, I'll start with you, John Carney. What? How? Are we in a recession right now? Are we flirting with a soft landing? You know, Ed Yardeni, people like that think the soft landing is there. He's a smart guy, but the numbers don't look good. I mean, what happens next? What are we bracing for? I think we're bracing for what is going to be a very tough situation where you have the numbers down. As you said, business equipment, that is businesses thinking about what the, you know, how their year is going to go, how even how next year is going to go. Not just business equipment, by the way, Larry, also business supplies. Nobody looks at that. It's paper. It's paper clips. It's mm. staples. It's also uh, chemicals used in manufacturing. That is down a lot, right around the same amount as the business equipment. So I think we're going to have a pretty rough first quarter here, and I don't think that slows down the Fed because the labor market's too hot. So we are going to have a potential negative first quarter while the Fed is raising rates. That is not something that happens very often where the Fed is raising into a contraction and I don't think there's any way out of this in the short term, meaning the recession is going to happen. So, you know, prepare thyself, I guess. You know, Joe Lavornia, it's interesting on the Fed part. I'm reading um, uh, Vice Chair Lael Brainerd. You know, she's the dove. Uh, you know, she's the lefty on the board. Um, John Williams, the head of the New York Fed, who, who I regard as a, sort of a pretty smart numbers guy, Keynesian, but numbers guy. But Larry Summers uh, was on the tape, I think, was it yesterday or the day before? He's saying to the Fed, don't stop, keep raising rates. If you don't, if you don't keep tightening, it'll be like the 1970s, meaning, you know, they would stop and then they would go again, stop and they would go again. And during the 70s, of course, the inflation averaged whatever, 10 percent, 12 percent plus and got worse and worse. So Larry Summers is cheering them on, Joel. For you, <laughs> what do you make yeah, of that? I, I'd, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Larry's a, is an interesting guy. He can be very, very insightful, very smart. But yeah. uh, on this, I completely disagree with him on because unlike the 1970s, the Fed has a lot of inflation fighting credibility. The dollar is still relatively strong. The yield curve is extraordinarily inverted, especially if you adjust to the level of rates, and virtually every break-even metric. And even long-term inflation expectation survey shows inflation expectations are stable. So I don't believe we're going to go back to the 70s, at least not yet. My concern, Larry, is uh, Larry Kudlow, that is, is that the uh, 
is that the economy is not very dynamic. I believe it was very dynamic mm. under the prior administration, right. and the real interest rate is a function, my opinion, of what productivity is. High growth environments inspire high real rates to align the supply and demand for capital. This is a very slow-moving, weakish, undynamic economy, generally speaking, and this is my view, and therefore the real rate already is way too high. So my response would be the Fed needs to lower rates, it needs to stop the QT, see if these reopening of China helps alleviate some of these supply disruptions, which I believe have lessened, and then see what happens and let housing start to recover. Absent a Fed pivot, Larry, the downturn will be much deeper. Mm. You know, uh, John Carney, Joe's point, there is there's no dynamism in this economy. All right, so that was the subject we did this town hall about the lack of prosperity. They are strangling the economy between, you know, the spending is, is front and center, but that, spend, that spending comes with a mass of regulations. You know, and they're all driven by, you know, equity and diversity uh, and things of that sort. There's no merit left. And they have raised taxes and then just straight on regulations like for fossil fuels or business. I mean, they're strangling the economy, John Carney. And it lacks dynamism. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Why would you be I mean, just the thought of starting a new business? Or trying to attract capital for your new business, if you're not, you know, a the you know a green energy company, if you're not uh, somebody who's out there trying to promote social justice, meaning the government has made it, the Biden administration and the Democrats on Capitol Hill have made it very clear that they want only certain kinds of businesses to go forward. So what does that mean? It means that one, you get a very warped capital investment world because capital will go to where it's going to be subsidized. But second, uh, a lot of other businesses are going to say, you know what, it's not worth expanding because they're going to kill us Mm. with all these regulations. So you do get a lack of dynamism, and I think that is going to be something that we're going to be stuck with for a long time, right? We're not getting out of that, and at least until 2024, we're stuck with a Democratic Senate and a Democratic uh, president. And possibly beyond that. So, you know, this is a very dark time for the economy because it's not just, you know, the recession we're having now, but the long drag we may be facing afterwards. Well, look, we've been facing, look, this, we're in, we're, we're actually into the third decade of the long drag. That's what the point we, we talked about the, uh, in the town hall the other day. Uh, we've gone from three and a half percent trend growth. For 50 years plus after World War II, and then since the year 2000, we've dropped down, I believe it's 1.9% per year, all right? That's uh, 22 years. So we're in the beginning of the third decade, uh, Joe Lavornia, of the long drag, secular stagnation, which need not be, we had a nice interlude when Donald Trump slashed the corporate tax from 35 to 21 and gave us immediate bonus uh, depreciation expenses. That was great. We had a couple of years there where it was humming. We actually got up to 4% growth for a brief time during the Trump years on a year-on-year basis. But basically, the long drag continues. And, Joe, nobody wants to take risks. And uh, as John just said, I think nobody wants to start up a business. That's a problem. I'm just trying yeah, to figure no, out how, you know, 
typical folks, working folks, can get out of this mess. But I think. Well, know. I mean, we saw, yeah, Larry, to the point of the old supply side notion that the rising tide uh, lifts all boats. That that was true following the uh, the December 17 tax cut, mm-hmm. tax cut act, where you we, you've said it many times. The low and middle income across all race, creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, all had massive increase in living standards, so it did lift all, all boats. But, you know, when you, we talk about the secular drop, uh, a lot of this has to do with debt. And I think one of the things people forget about debt is that when you have a lot of debt, you have to service it and you have to roll it over. And that hurts innovation mm. because companies are more focused on either buying back equity or their stock, or, but importantly, just servicing the existing debt they have, which is partly a function of the Fed for many years, starting with Chairman Greenspan, keeping rates very low and not letting the markets clear so that you had this massive misallocation of capital. We saw that back under uh, Bernanke in the early 2000s, and we saw that continue through through Janet Yellen and up to Jay Powell today. So to get things better, I do. it has to be legislatively, it has to be regulatory-wise. Mm. The tax cuts that President Trump and the Congress put in place need to be made permanent to get some semblance of companies at least knowing what the outlook is like so they can plan around what they think the future is. If they're uncertain about the future, to John's point, they're not going to undertake that risk. Let me take a quick break, fellas. Uh, we're talking to John Carney of Breitbart. We're talking to Joe Lavornia of uh, SNBC. He's also a uh, senior uh, researcher at the America First Policy Institute, and he's with um, SNBC, Nico Securities, formerly White House, NEC uh, chief of commerce. Fellas, when I come back, I want to talk about housing. Uh, the interest rate aspect, the income aspect, the debt aspect. How do we get out of the housing mess? Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. We are talking to John Carney of Breitbart and Joe Lavornia of SNBC Nico Securities. We're talking about the economy, which is slipping into recession, I guess, based on these horrible December numbers in early January. John Carney, I want to focus on housing for a minute. Uh, housing starts... Single-family housing starts, okay, uh, down 25% over the past year, 25% drop. And on top of that, permits, uh, building permits for single-family housing, down 35% over the past year. Uh, those are very bad numbers, and I think we had a bad number for existing home sales. Did that come out yesterday? I I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping the gun on that. But these you're right. These numbers are horrific. I mean, they're just yep. horrific. And the question is, how do you get out of this? Well, we had we you're right. We had bad uh, existing home sales down, uh, and they and the housing starts numbers are horrific. I mean, that is you know a quarter. You know it's the Industry has shrank by one quarter. That is a deep depression kind of number. Now, I will say it was a little bit inflated because we had a kind of post-pandemic housing boom. Mm. So, you know, we, maybe you get some pullback, mm. but losing a quarter and then losing more than a third of the permits, that is, you know, the permit is the forward-looking part. That's what people are planning going forward. So that means that's coming down. So far, home prices have held up. That's partly because supply is pretty low. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people can't afford to sell their house, ironically, because if you're 
I, so I, I know an older couple, they wanted to move to – their kids graduated. They have jobs now. So, you, so they have too big of a house. They wanted to move. But it was actually going to cost them more in their mortgage payments if they sold their house with a 3% mortgage and moved into a smaller house with a 7% mortgage. So you get this kind of freeze up in the market. That's pushing down sales. Prices are still holding up. But I think at some point later this year, maybe in a month, two months, three months, we're going to start to see home prices fall on a year-over-year basis because you can't have, uh, you know, sales plummeting and prices as high as they are and still rising. California, how big an influence is the mortgage rate here? In other words, there's an affordability issue. Mortgage rates are a big part of that, but then income is a big part of that as well, whether you have a job or not and unemployment. Um, and as John said, prices is also a big part of that. Um, I'm showing the 30-year mortgage rate, Joe Lavorne, at six, I'll call it 635. It got above 7%. It's come back down along with the 10-year. What do you make of that? How, what's the interest rate part of housing? Yeah, the, so the uh, the housing affordability has uh, collapsed. It's uh, it, it's uh, basically at a 20-25 year low. And most of that is the mortgage rate, which has more than doubled from where it was, Larry, last year. So it's really been a, a cost of financing issue. And then, of course, as the labor market weakens, then you're going to lose uh, uh, income. So the affordability will stay depressed even if even as rates come down. Uh, the thing with the labor market, I want to just – this is very important. People aren't talking about this enough. So the labor market's tight. It, it is tight. It looks tight. But do you know that we are at all-time record highs for construction payrolls? Does it really make sense that mm. uh, construction is going to stay where it is given those housing numbers we've been talking about? Mm. The answer is no, of course not. You're going to lose uh, – I conservatively estimate we'll lose about a million construction-related jobs which that alone will push the unemployment rate up 670 basis points from where it is. And that itself would be consistent with recession, assuming there were no other job loss anywhere else in the economy, which, of course, isn't going to happen. So the the Fed needs to cut. The problem, of course, is is that the Fed, as you know, waited way too long uh, to to come off of emergency rates when that V-shaped recovery began uh, in the middle of 2020. And now they're going to cause a bust on the other side. All right, gentlemen. Tough stuff. We appreciate it very much. Uh, John Carney of Breitbart, Joe Laborni of SNBC, Nico Securities. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to turn to uh, Joe Biden on the other side of the break. He doesn't regret anything. There's no there there. We'll talk to Cash Patel. I'm Larry Kudlow. Stick around, folks. 